Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. This week, I'm really excited because we have some special guests on our episode because Alex's basement was flooding, and so he's at his house bailing water. You can pray for the guy. But we had Jessica Rust and Teresa DeWitt on our episode this week, and we're talking about communication in marriage and in relationships. And I think we had a great conversation. It was so good to get their insight on the subject. And I'm not going to give you any more than that. We're just going to tune right in. I'm not even in the shot. Where'd he go? Somehow the camera got bumped because I was in the shot. (laughs) 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Couch Theology Podcast. closer to me? (laughs) No, I don't know why. Someone bumped the camera on the way by, probably. Oh. So tell me when it's... (laughs) This is... Very well planned. You're good. You're in the show. Yeah. yeah. This is how you've never been on our on our show before. I have once. Well, you've never watched our show because this is how we start almost every episode. I always <laughs> right. cut that off of YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello everyone, and I'm distorting my microphone. That's strange. Um, we're throwing together a podcast here a little bit because uh, Alex is drowning. No, not literally. Not literally. He is. Uh, his house is leaking right now, and so he's in the basement. Uh, he sent us. Oh, maybe I can find the photo so it, I can share it, it with everyone. It was a sad photo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He was drenched. I'm gonna see if I can find this poor, sad, Aww. pathetic Alex <laughs> photo, and I'll share it with you all in just a moment here. Once I get this poor fixed. Buddy. And we'll escape this. But that's why Jessica and I are here. Yes. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. There's that, too. There's two other people. <laughs> All right. So here's here's poor Alex. We're going to go. If you're listening on the podcast, you won't see it. Look at that. <laughs> poor buddy. He looks very waterlogged, but drinking warm coffee, I suspect, or tea. He has a leaf stuck to his forehead. So uh, before we continue, why don't you introduce yourselves a little more, more thoroughly? I think you've both been on the podcast, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who haven't um, seen you yet, would you introduce yourselves? Sure. I'm Jessica Rest. I'm the director of pastoral care at South Fellowship. Uh, so I do not take care of the pastors. I help meet the needs of our community, uh, both the body of South and externally, in physical and spiritual ways. And I am Teresa, and I'm the communications director here at South. And I have both Aaron and Alex as my bosses. So that's a fun roller coaster. That's of terrifying. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> just, just glutton for punishment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. So I get to work behind the scenes a lot on this kind of stuff, but sometimes we get to be in front. And so, and uh, in this last minute adjustment where Alex was basically trying to, uh, I don't know, bail water or something out of a window. Well, uh, we, we decided why not have since we're talking about communication and marriage, we should have our communications director. Can teach you how to and, market your relationship. Yeah, she's gonna teach you how to set up a, a, a like a Google ad campaign for when you're arguing. That's what everyone's so, here know. for. <laughs> we're gonna um, make presentations to help you win arguments. <laughs> yes, exactly. So uh, this past week, we talked uh, in the in our series about uh, we're continuing our series entitled between you and me. And this week we were focused on communication Mm -hmm. in marriage and uh, none of us preached the message. So it's a little bit more difficult for us to just like fluidly summarize the the sermon. Um, But some of the, some of the ideas that Alex shared on Sunday 
were as follows, and I lost my slides. That's fun oh, and no. exciting. Um, one one of the things he talked about was this idea of mutual submission, mm -hmm. and uh, he pointed out that that passage there, the wives submit to your husband, the actual word submit isn't even in that sentence. It's in the previous section, which is about mutual submission. And then he transitioned that idea to this means we have to sort of come to these kinds of consensus around this. This is each person in the marriage and relationship is supposed to surrender and submit uh, to each other in some way, shape or form, given that passage of scripture. And then he went into just some practice, practical tips about that. So um, would you guys like to share a little bit about your experience in communication in, in your relationships? Sure. Who do you want to go first? Are you first? an expert? <laughs> expert? No. <laughs> Experienced in it? Sure. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, so I've been married for five years. Um, I don't know exactly how to summarize it. Sometimes we're good <laughs> at it. Sometimes we're not. Um, yeah. It seems like how well you communicate definitely shifts with what kind of season you're in. Sometimes you're really totally. great at it. Sometimes it's really, really hard and takes that much more work. Totally. And I am currently engaged, actually. Um, so my fiance, John, and I are getting married this August. So we've today is actually officially 90 days. from. Ooh. So lots of communication going on right now, but <laughs> definitely not an expert. Um, I think something that I've realized in our relationship is that I actually tend to be an over communicator. <laughs> um, no, I know it's crazy, but something that always drove me nuts, um, at least in my like later twenties and like early thirties was watching like rom-coms or any sort of movie about romantic relationships and the way that they would portray it as like the right person will just be able to read your mind and do exactly what you need. And that just shows that they're the right person. And I feel like that just puts such a like ridiculous type of expectation on significant others. Um, if I expected John to read my mind and didn't tell him how I was feeling, how in the world would he know like what I need from him? And um, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's a lot that we put on people to think that if they're the right one for us, that they should just be able to meet all of our needs and we shouldn't have to tell them what we want or need um or desire from them so i was really excited to talk about this yeah <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's awesome well and i think i think even though this week typically we try to semi well if you listen to our podcast we don't we venture on all sorts of rabbit trails no but uh we typically try to talk about the previous week's sermon i think uh ironically in this series on marriage this is the first time we've had women on the podcast for the series. <laughs> um, nice to be here. Yeah. And so we can actually venture beyond just this last Sunday mm. and just talk about the marriage relationship in general, romantic relationships in general. So we can, uh, we, we're allowed to, to expand beyond the boundaries wow. of the initial subject. There's no rules. <laughs> well, there are some. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what they are. That's fine. Yeah. So, uh, so on that subject, mm -hmm. you, you're saying communication in these romantic uh, comedies is mm -hmm. com comedic because they could just talk 
and then the whole movie would be that, over. That's what we were saying. Yeah, there'd be no problem if there's so many. Mo- I'll watch a movie and I'll be like live tweeting John if he's not with me, and I'm like, this movie would be over. They just talked about how they were doing or like communicated well. But yeah, who would want to watch that? That sounds really boring. Yeah, <laughs> horrible communication makes great movies. It does, and that's yeah. what we're sold. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is um. Maybe uh, one of the things that Alex was talking about, and I guess maybe we'll just have to speak into our experience with this. I think he made a generalization that I know is pretty true in my marriage, but uh, he, he talked about how usually there's one person in the relationship who's wanting to keep short accounts. They want to bring things up quickly, efficiently. I'm just going to make a guess with you, Teresa, in light of what you said, you might be that person. I'm not that person in our relationship. It's like, if, if there's, if nothing's like exploding, I just Mm -hmm. don't want to like rock the boat, you know, even if there's something under the surface. Um, is that true in your experience for, Mm -hmm. for your relationships Mm -hmm. where one of you tends to lean towards let's talk about this. Let's talk about this issue and that Mm -hmm. issue. And, and yeah, I think for me, unfortunately, I'm one of those people that decides they need to solve all the world's problems at bedtime. So (laughs) it'll be like nine 30 at night. And I'm just like, Oh man, I need to like solve all these things. And if we're hanging out, it's like, let's talk about finances. Let's talk about future stuff. And he's like, my brain shut off an hour ago. Like I'm going to go home now. (laughs) Like, um, so I've had to learn, like, when it comes to communication, you want at least I'm still so new to this, like compare, especially compared to you guys. But like, if we're going to have like this serious conversation, let's do it when we're both like in a good mindset, like we've both eaten and are well rested and are just in a good place rather than like, Oh, well we need to solve it right now. And it's like, do we, like, we can, we can decide to like put this off until we're in a better place. Um, Mm. so, and then I think, I don't want to speak for John, but I feel like for him, he's more what you would say. Like if the, if I don't want to rock the boat, if it's good, but I'm such a, like, I want to talk about things so much that if I think something's bothering, I'm like, what's wrong? What's wrong? We should talk about it right now. And then that becomes like, this is wrong. Stop bugging me to talk (laughs) about it. (laughs) It was something else, but I forgot because now Now what's wrong is that you're making me talk about it. (laughs) What about you, Jess? Um, I, I mean, if you like statistically have the ability to statistically look at it, I would guess that over the what six and a half years that we've been together, probably I would have brought up more conversations on the whole. But over the time that we've been together, it seems like Elijah, my husband, um, has gotten more and more like proactive with mm-hmm. bringing up things that mm-hmm. he feels like we need to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also learned like, yeah, if you're absolutely not up for having a conversation and it's just going to spiral yep. because like you, <laughs> you can't handle it right now. It's a good idea to like table it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also recently been learning if he's, I want him to share how he feels and where mm-hmm. he's at with me. Like we've had the conversation multiple times of like, I want to know you know where you're at know what's going on with you and if he's taking the time to share that with me even if like it's not something I want to hear I need to be willing to give him that space Mm. to do what I've asked him to do (laughs) one um but also respect that he is willing to 
be vulnerable with me in those mm. moments and honor that even if it's not like my ideal time or emotional state mm-hmm. to hear it and like there's a balance for that of course having discernment and in the moment of is this going to be a helpful conversation or am I going to like torpedo this thing and it's going to spiral <laughs> make it worse like that's a case-by-case basis right we're talking mm-hmm. all things being equal yeah and probably most of the conversation that we're going to have today yeah. but yeah well, I, like I said, I'm I'm actually really pretty bad at this one because I don't want to rock the boat. And mm. I, I, I have noticed, and maybe this is like one observation for you. I, it hasn't helped me much because I can see it, but I don't fix it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've noticed like a problem. <laughs> in seasons, in seasons where I have less stressors in my, in my overall life, mm. um, I'm more open to deep, heavy conversations. Hmm. And so like uh, during the summertime tends to be a little bit lighter weight workload. I'm not in school at that time. Or when I was on sabbatical, like when I was on sabbatical, we covered so much ground Hmm. on heavy, hard conversations about parenting and our marriage and finances and how we want to manage our lives and all these different things. And then during a busy season, I am probably met well I know I'm maddening for my wife to try and communicate with because I I'm like if it's a challenging conversation I have no margin left for hard things because mm-hmm. I'm buried mm-hmm. um and that's so the the tip is don't be like me don't get so busy um yeah and it is something like this summer it's already on our to-do list to talk through some stuff so that when the fall hits I just have enough emotional margin because for me, those conversations are heavy mm. and emotional. It's not about just, yeah, let's keep short accounts. It's like, I, I have to constantly fight this battle of she's offering me a critique. It's not about who I am. It's not about her love for me. Mm. And I am, when I'm have low margin, I just instantly go to defensiveness. Mm. I instantly go to, why are we talking about this? I don't have space to fix another thing in my life because I'm, everything else is falling and on and on and on. So, um, anyway, that's, that's one of the challenges. And this is where Alex, one of the things Alex landed on a Sunday. And I think, um, maybe we could, we could speak to this and, and offer people some advice. I don't know. If we said that generally speaking, one person in the relationship uh, tends to want to keep that shorter account, it can be so disheartening and, you know, this can happen so consistently over the course of a marriage where you have one person saying, I want to go deep. I want to grow this relationship. I want to cultivate it. And they won't engage. Mm -hmm. Uh, In seasons of my marriage, I'm sure that that's how Allison felt. And so how how do we uh, either help that person who's wrestling with that? Um, is there any uh, wisdom in the scriptures that can offer us how to, how to engage when I'm all in and they just aren't uh, and vice versa, the person who's saying um, I don't have the margin for this or whatever the excuse they have, like the excuses I gave for myself. <laughs> uh, how do we like, shake that up to say, no, this is worth engaging. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have lots of thoughts on that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love go. it. Um, I love it. I mean, there's like six questions in that one question. Oh, that yeah. a lot. sorry about that. <laughs> one, one aspect you're in a season, seasons change. Mm-hmm. 
the season that all again all things being equal um the season that you're in right now and the way things feel right now aren't inherently just how the rest of your lives together are going to be mm-hmm. how you are going to feel for the rest of your life how they are going to feel for the rest of their life just because they're in a season where they do not have the emotional capacity to engage in the way that you really wish and hope that they would it doesn't mean that that's just them forever again all things being equal i don't know every specific relationship scenario of people who are listening right now um and that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt if they're not Mm -hmm. meeting you in the way that you hope and wish and dreamed of and even have communicated Mm. multiple times before but it doesn't necessarily mean that like this is just your marriage forever now like Mm. alex shared the story of the couple that he knew in Michigan, the wife asked them to break the marriage. Yeah. yeah. The guy said, oh, we're at a nine, maybe a 10. This is amazing. And the wife's like, no, we're at a one. Mm. Um, and then they had to work that out. <laughs> um, I think sometimes the default is like, oh, my gosh, we're not a, we're not at a 10. We're supposed to be at a 10. Why aren't we at a 10? This feels bad. Our marriage is bad. <laughs> <He's falling apart. laughs> um, it's like, yeah, they're might be problems. It's two sinful people in a relationship together. Mm. There's probably something there. <laughs> um, but just because your marriage might not be at a 10 right now doesn't mean there's no hope. There's no turning around. This is just forever going to be at a three or something. And that's all you get mm-hmm. unless you go find someone else. Um, so yeah, I think one, acknowledge the season and that season isn't forever. Um, I think Two, you were talking about how, Aaron, you were talking about how you know that this is how you respond. You don't necessarily fix it all the time. Yeah, that's but- the worst. No, I'm, I'm, I, I was joking with Alice last week. I'm starting to get to the place where I'm wise enough to see that the stupidity that I'm making, but I'm not wise enough to fix it. Well, but that's the first step. Yeah, you notice it's You're well there. On your way. You've done the work to notice it's there. Notice how you respond to things and like you've figured out with Ellis and a couple other solutions of like, okay, you can't have a conversation right now. In summer though, you emotionally are going to be at a better place and mentally you're going to be a better place to have some of those hard conversations and you already have a plan for that. So doing the work in your own self, whether that's counseling, prayer, um, I, there are other options than those two things, but that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> um, doing the work in your own self mm-hmm. to figure out how you can respond in those situations better mm-hmm. um, and the ways that you need to grow and partnering with God and how he's growing you in this season. Like that is something that you can do, even if your partner is not engaging in the way that you wish they would. Yeah. Um, it's huge. And I think the other piece, like there are definitely conversations you could have ways that you can encourage them to be a happy, healthy person, ways that maybe you can talk about, you know, do I need to take something off your plate so you have more space, all of those things. Ultimately, it's on them to deal with their own stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, even if you drove someone to a therapy appointment, you couldn't make them go in the building. You couldn't make them (laughs) learn or apply anything that they're, like, working on. You can't make someone grow in their communication skills. You can't make someone grow in their coping skills. You can't make someone... For someone to have the margin to be the person that mm-hmm. you wish they were in the moment. Yeah. That's between them and Jesus. Um, 
I remember that you and I talked about how you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse talk about its feelings. Yeah. (laughs) Even if you can see all of the things that would just be so helpful if they just did the thing. You cannot do that. That's good. Uh, They're a human with their own free will. Um, And you love that about them usually. Um, But some advice that was given to me that I found really helpful is do the things that you can within mm-hmm. reason, mm-hmm. Um, but also pray and ask God to work in their hearts and send them unexpected messengers. Because sometimes, even if everything that you see is like true or helpful or right, they might need to hear it from someone who's not you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. that doesn't, again, might not feel good. Because if you're their partner or spouse, like, mm-hmm. you would like them to listen to you. <laughs> yeah, but so, so can you unpack that? Voice. Yeah, unpack that concept. Un- unexpected messengers. You just threw that in there. Can yeah. you explain what you mean well, by I'm that? I'm gonna give uh, credit to my wonderful counselor who gave me that advice. Our counselor. Our counselor. We, we got the, the same, same counselor. Nice. <laughs> well, now I want to go because right. you guys are great. So there you go. This podcast is sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That. God would put people in their path to help encourage them to grow, heal, take those steps that they might need to take that I like cannot be the person mm-hmm. to encourage or nudge in that area anymore. Like there, there are definitely areas in my relationship, which he knows I'm on the podcast talking about this right now. So <laughs> <okay>. Hi, Elijah. <laughs> um, if I were to keep bringing up certain areas, mm-hmm. it's going to cross the line into, I am nagging him to do things that ultimately it's up to him to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's at the threshold where if I keep pushing and poking and prodding, even if I think, no, like this will be good for you to do it. It's going to pass the line into unhelpful, unhealthy, probably encourage him less to do it (laughs) than it would have otherwise. Um, Yeah. But ask that God would put people in his path and their path and whoever's path Mm -hmm. who would be able to be that voice to encourage and speak in a way that he will hear and will resonate and will maybe help encourage the other person to take those steps that you probably just aren't the person right now Mm -hmm. to encourage them in that way. But we're supposed to be everything for each other. The bestest of best friends, the, the primary source of contact. Being devil's advocate right now. I am. (laughs) Well, what you could do is like, go tell Aaron, like, Hey, I need you to go like bring this up to Elijah just Uh, nonchalantly. And then I just randomly like snag Elijah. He's like, I know where this came from. (laughs) This is a very specific (laughs) messenger I have chosen. We're coming for you. Like, no, uh, I have no idea what she's talking about, but um, yeah, it's probably good. Yeah. Um, But I mean, that's not we're not meant to just be fulfilled through exactly. one specific person. Yep. We're not even meant to be fully th- fulfilled through human relationships. Exactly. Like our primary relationship yeah. is with God. Yep. We're creating the image of God with a need and desire for him first and foremost mm-hmm. and a d- need and desire for human relationships in marriage or many, many other iterations <laughs> of relationship. Yes, um, totally. Yep. Which yep. I think that, that that's been a theme that's kind of popped up. Uh, subtly different points throughout the series is uh, when things go on wrong or in a tense direction or in an unexpected direction, 
uh, in a, in a marriage relationship, it is not necessarily a sign. In, in fact, it probably isn't a sign initially that this isn't working. We've got to get out. It's mm-hmm. actually an invitation from God to say, uh, one, trust me more. Like, I love that, that idea of there's been times, uh, in my marriage where, and I know Allison does this with God as well, uh, where, where I'm so grateful that she follows Jesus and that I follow Jesus and that he's a partner in this relationship because I can, I can go into the other room and say, God, you got to talk to her. Cause <laughs> I can't anymore. Exactly what you're saying. And, and I know she's talking to you and I know she's listening to you. And that is a, you know, now I know not every marriage has that scenario where the other partner is not engaged in their relationship with God, but it is a beautiful gift to know that she's talking to Jesus mm-hmm. and maybe he's intentionally not bringing it up because I'm wrong. So, and that's right. fine. That's his prerogative. Um, but I, it's so comforting to say, ah, oh, God, please, can you, mm-hmm. can you move in her heart or bring someone along or whatever? And what it does is it takes the tension and it diverts that intention towards me growing in my relationship with God mm-hmm. rather than in destroying the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's such a gift. So can I say something, you said the word nagging and I right away was like, Oh no, <laughs> I like, I am a control freak and I love to get things done way before the deadline. And I know, what? I know it's crazy. That's something that like, I know going into a marriage relationship, I'm really going to need to like know to like simmer down and not have that be like always like, just, Hey, is this done yet? Is this done yet? Especially when you're in the season of wedding planning and there are just a million things to do and it's just overwhelming. Like it's like a part-time job on top of your regular job and social life that you don't get paid for and you pay a lot of money for. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I know just like from my experience, like it was always, and John's a seven, he's like you, like he, he gets things done. Like he's a responsible human, but he likes to have fun and he's really like, and I, like fun we don't have time for that <laughs> yeah you have um, to put like uh fun on the calendar like yeah. undesignated time <laughs> for you to be you <laughs> but something that i've learned in this it's like knowing that we both like it's been good for us because it is helping each other like us grow totally and maybe there's like some disconnect there but it's teaching us like no i need to like learn to like be more in the moment and to like not rely just on getting things done and to trust and um but something i've gotten a little bit better at is like, if there's something that I want him to do and I feel myself bringing it up and I, he's such a crazy, like he's such a busy person. Like he's got so much on his plate. So I understand. Um, but we've had to do like, okay, if it's not done now, let's schedule a time when we can plan on it being done. So then it's not like a whole month of me being like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? Is it done yet? It's like, okay, we said that by this time it would be done. And then I'm going to check in. And it's not me asking every single day. So I hope that I get better at that. Yeah. Is that, is that something that (laughs) is that something that we're good at? Yeah. Maybe not, but (laughs) that sounds great. (laughs) You're already learning and you're not, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we actually did get a question this week and it's not, it's partially connected to the theme and I better pull this up so I don't miss, misquote it. Um, and then we can, get back on track with the rest of this. Um, But I think it's a very Mm -hmm. well put question. It says this, um, I live in what sometimes feels like two worlds as a Christian, one with the church and the other with the, within the performing arts. Why does it feel like the world in the arts show up the kind of, or show the kind of love, the shows, the kind of love and communication that Christ asked for, for us. 
more so than the world within the church. Mm. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) It's just like a, it's a, I don't know. It's a really good question. It is a great question. Yeah. I think there's like, um, I, I have this theory about, um, fear and its relationship with, with religion and faith. Um, there's this, you know, as human beings, we're very driven by the avoidance of danger and, um, and we're very driven by fear as a result of that. Like we want to avoid physically dangerous, dangerous things or socially dangerous. We're highly social creatures. We want to avoid socially awkward moments, things that make us feel, uh, at risk socially and, and, and that sort of thing. And then we're also (laughs) driven by, if you're a religious person, you're, um, especially if it's, uh, well, I think it's a natural inclination, but we're really, we're, we're driven by this fear of the future and what's Mm going to happen in our eternal state. Are we going, uh, to hell or heaven and all of these fears that drive someone who adopts some sort of religious framework. And so even though the gospel is a, is a message about, um, love it's a message about the solution to the things that cause fear. Mm-hmm. It's so unbelievably easy to start to twist the, the um, commands of scripture from a uh, recommendations and invitations to life and twist them into formulas to get out of the bad place. And Judgment. I think exactly. And so as a result, uh, th- now that's a very long setup, <laughs> but as a result in the, this question, I think that for a lot of Christians, there's this underlying anxiety about, am I doing it right? Am I being a good Christian? Am I checking the boxes right? I don't want to say the wrong things at the wrong times, mm-hmm. all those sorts of anxieties that just sort of lurk beneath the surface, which are antithetical to the gospel, by the way. But that causes that anxiety causes Christian interaction sometimes to be more problematic than non-Christian interaction. Mm. If the only filter you have to, to just to uh, put your words through or your interactions with people is, is this a good way of being human or not? And I don't have to filter it through my theological frameworks and my, Mm. my, am I being, you know, am I being theologically accurate when I say this and what's their perception of me and on and on and on. Most of the time that, that added theology framework can actually make you be more of a jerk, more standoffish, less naturally human. And it's a problem with our belief about the gospel, not Mm -hmm. a problem with Christianity itself. Mm -hmm. That's my theory. We were talking a little bit about this question before we came on and Um, something that I was thinking about it was, I think when we bring people around something that they have a common interest in, for instance, like performing arts, um, any sort of like hobby, I think you bring a lot of people that enjoy that space. They enjoy doing these things together. One would hope that churches could also be a place of that. But I think that, I mean, we just live in a very divided country. We have Christians that have very different beliefs and see their faith in different ways. Yeah, totally. Um, And I know like in our church, we have like a lot of different demographics of like different ages, different backgrounds and political, um, socioeconomic. Yeah. 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 
Um, so as soon as you start bringing people around in that, it can get a little dicey, but like, that's what God calls us to do. Totally. Totally. Do you have any thoughts on this one? <laughs> yeah, I'm an internal processor, so <laughs> I'm going to throw something out that feels... So this impromptu podcast is wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <totally my> <laughs> <laughs> I think... I mean, this is how far I've gotten in my processing. We have such a beautiful picture of what is possible and honestly expected mm -hmm. um, in the gospel and what that means for us as individual people and a community. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure it was this last sermon. Alex threw up that quote from Andy Stanley of like something like following Jesus, like makes you, makes your life better. It makes you better at life. And I remember that going up and was like, does it? <laughs> um, like in theory, yeah, like it should a hundred percent, but the reality that we see of broken people mm -hmm. who still stay broken on this side of eternity, at mm -hmm. least to some degree, yeah, um, who may or may not be trying their best, may or may not have a fully accurate picture of Jesus and the gospel and what that means. Mm. Because we have such this high, beautiful expectation and hopefully at least sometimes have experienced the beauty of Christian community when it functions as it should yeah. with the love and grace and freedom and hope of Christ, when it falls short of that, it's such this devastating chasm. And dissonance. Mm. Yeah. It's supposed mm. to be this. It's supposed to be this. We know it's supposed to be this. Yeah. Mm. We've seen it be this. Yep. Um, hopefully we've seen it be this. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Um, and the reality sometimes or maybe often is this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that is incredibly hard to reconcile, even though like, again, theologically, because of sin, you can make the argument of like, well, I mean, that's kind of what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You look all through the New Testament and like, yeah, <laughs> that's what's happening to like <laughs> most of those churches that they're writing to. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like it doesn't make it, even though you can get there theologically yeah. and logically yeah. and understand, yeah. it doesn't make the experience feel better. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make it more acceptable that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that this even applies to marriage in the sense that you have this picture that God says, this is a beautiful thing. It's amazing. You become one and mm -hmm. you fulfill each other in some, some ways you become, you have this companion that's built in, that's helping you follow Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and then you get in and you're like, Oh no, this is not, this People is not the romantic. The wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pulled the towel the wrong way. That's expectations awesome. expectations have just completely not been met. Totally. I think the other variable in this is like, think, oh, so this context is a very isolated situation. It's like mm. um, this uh, affinity group of performing arts group mm. that seems to have this vibrancy and healthier communication and then the church. Well, maybe a better comparison would be your family compared to the church. So your immediate family, how's that going with like tensions and, and frustrations? Mm -hmm. You don't get to choose your family, mm -hmm. your immediate family. 
the family that you were born into. And yes, there are examples of incredible immediate families where they just get along and they enjoy each other's company, but there's also way more examples of tensions within those family. And the church functions a lot, a lot more like family. You don't get to choose who walks into the church. And then you are now saying, they say, I follow Jesus. I say, I follow Jesus. Oh, we're family now. Mm-hmm. Oh no, we're family <laughs> now. And I didn't, I didn't sign up for this particular iteration. Whereas this other affinity group, you all have a common interest. Mm -hmm. You can isolate the content of your conversations into the single space. Mm -hmm. Uh, Generally it's people that are going to be more artistic in nature in this particular affinity group. And so it's just going to be a more natural, easy place to have relationship in that space mm-hmm. um, than in a family where you're like, uh, I don't get them. They communicate differently within me. They have all different interests than I have. Uh, they have some different beliefs than I have. And on mm-hmm. it starts to become this difficult, yeah. difficult mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the church today, like if you don't like it, like there's just so much like shopping that can happen yeah so you never get on the other side of the challenge no like oh just, I'm, I'm challenged here i don't like this person i'm just gonna go this other one yeah like we can just avoid yeah and so we never reap the harvest of working through it mm. and then getting to the other side where you're actually more bonded than you yeah. would have been yeah yeah that's tough yes interesting <laughs> um great question though man alive it is i think that this is uh, whoever wrote this question i think that this is a very common feeling for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, isn't this, isn't the church supposed to be better than this? Mm-hmm. Now, if you look at a meta level beyond our individual personal experiences, if you look at church history, there is no entity in organization. If you, whatever you want to call the church, there's no entity in history that has brought people of different socioeconomic um, situations, different political persuasions, different, um, religious or, um, uh, racial situations Mm. together like the church has. Now it may not feel like that right now for you, Mm. but if you look at church history, this is the most unifying across all social and human experience entity in the world. And it's a hot mess. Like, but God is, God is working. He is bringing, people from all walks of life together. And it is a messy, messy, messy thing. And I wish it was better, but that's why we're here to try and grow and make it better. Yeah. So great question, man. So I want to just take an, another f- couple minutes just to reflect on maybe the rest of the series. Is there, um, uh, anything that's really stood out to either of you in this series that you feel like, Oh man, that was, that either is, uh, something that Alex said that was, spot on that I really want to reiterate or something that you, a different perspective that you want to bring up. We can disagree with him. He's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Only if he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise he's belligerent and ain't. No, he's not at all that way. (laughs) Someone else go first. They need to do the internal. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) There was one line that stood out to me last. I mean, there was more than that, but one that's coming to mind right now. And he it wasn't necessarily like reflecting back to scripture, but it was, it was, um, he had like a few different, like kind of tips on like marriage communication. I wonder if I can find if it. If we can find it there. I, I think we shared it on social this week, actually. It, the first one was talking about telling the person what you love and appreciate rather than what you don't. 
Mm. Like it was, it was mm. kind of taking rather than being like, why don't you ever da 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 da? Or like, why can't you just X, Y, Z? It was like, I love when you do this thing. Like I, I see the love of Christ in you when you treat me this way and act towards me in this way. Um, Oh yeah. The tell each other what you want rather than what you don't want. Yeah. I just thought that was really wise. I don't know where that'd come from. It, maybe it's just Alex Walton's brain, but yeah. or Alex Walton's brain, but yeah. Um, I just thought that was really good. Cause it can be so easy. Just like if, Oh, our, our marriage isn't good. Like we're not a 10, like, Oh, we need to fix the problem. Focus on the problem. And yeah. Um, sometimes it's just good to like celebrate the good and, yeah. um, not totally. to, yeah, it's, it's always a balance. Like you said, like, you don't just want to be like head in the clouds, rose colored glasses. We're not going to talk about the hard stuff, but I think it's important to keep that balance and like, yes, like we're going to work through the hard stuff, but we're also going to celebrate the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah, still internally huge. processing? A little bit. Yeah. Okay, I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> well, so for me, we already actually talked about it a little bit in this episode, so I won't linger on it too long, but this, uh, I think that it's partly God's kindness to, take a relationship like this and you uh, you're naturally drawn to each other, especially as the relationship starts. But then as things get challenging, it's this invitation to then transition some of that energy towards growing in our relationship with God, which, so uh, that's the thing. It it came up again in Alex's message this week. It came up uh, the week that I preached. It's this there, you know, Alex keeps using this phrase. Um, relationships are hard work. Let's work hard on a relationship. And I think that it's supposed to be that way. If mm-hmm. in some sense, this is a refining relationship, it's not mm-hmm. supposed to just be like a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. If it is, that's fine. And praise God. If it's just super duper easy, you guys never fight. You never disagree on things, but just know <laughs> that God will use something else in your life to help you grow or refine, mm-hmm. or you will just be a less character full person. How, I don't know. What's the word for that? Less full of high quality character. Our marriage isn't you... hard. We're going to be less human. What? No, it's okay. no. Marriage isn't hard. Watch out. Something, yeah. else, is Something else is coming the for you. She will drop. I, I want to get your opinion. Oh, do you have any other thoughts processing? Um, you know, I, so what I heard that we were going to do a marriage series was kind of like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, having it, sat through a number of marriage and family series in mm-hmm. churches, not necessarily South, but churches before, um, as a single person at the time mm-hmm. and, uh, heard and received a lot of input to what marriage is supposed to be, um, from various sources. Uh, I was kind of bracing myself because mm-hmm. that can often feel very prescriptive shaming and without a whole lot of nuance. Um, and this has not been that, and I've been very, very glad. <laughs> um, well, good. Not, not that I think that, you know, anyone on staff tries to approach things without nuance or with lots of shame intended. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's been really good to see how God is the grace that's been communicated mm-hmm. and how God is working in our community through having this conversation. And I think trying really to have this conversation well and with a lot of grace knowing that we have a lot of people in our congregation who are in very different mm-hmm. spaces and yet we can all be part of this kind con- of conversation yeah. together. Yeah. I I've had the same thing. I um 
yeah, I'm getting married at 32 actually. And I feel like that's like 85 in Christian years, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just so much of my twenties. Like you, you mean just, Christian marriage years? Yeah. Like Christian years in general, right? I don't know. I'm not like 105, am I? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're so wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I, I had read this book. I forget the name of the author, but it was um, Breaking the Marriage Idol. Yeah. And it just really showed me how in Christian culture it can be like, um, just like put on this pedestal and like, oh, you're less of a person until you're married and you haven't made it until you're married. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I, I had to like unlearn that just from past teachings or, um, just thoughts about myself. And like, I was kind of nervous about the series too. I was, I was kind of like, what's this going to be? Um, but, and maybe, I don't know, I can't speak for single people where I'm at now, but like being in that place for so long, like it's, it's felt good that there's not the shame. There's mm -hmm. not the shame of like, well, that's, it's not the end goal of our lives here on earth. It's an option, but it's also not something that like we want to have any guilt or shame around. Like I, I never wanted it to feel like, oh, well now I'm getting married. Now I have arrived. Like it's, now it's you just, can really be part of our community. Oh my, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've just been thankful that it's, it's been a place where like, no matter, like if you're single and want to get married, if you're single and don't want to get married, like that was me for a while. And I, I don't know, like, it's just, I feel like it's been a healthy, well-rounded, um, series. But well, I didn't ask you guys just to compliment the series. I was just, I was hoping you were going to disagree Here's or something. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I did talk to someone else who's single, single yeah. and who, who came halfway through the series, mm. uh, because she was like, I did not want to go to right? the series. Um, and then listened to one episode mm -hmm. or one of the sermons yeah. and was like, oh, and went back and listened to all yeah. of them. We were scared how to market it. I was like, how do we tell people like, that yeah, this isn't just for like one little area. We're doing a marriage series, but it's going to be good, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> we worked on the description a long time on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. But that's good to hear. So, um, we're almost out of time here, but I do want to like circle back around to the subject of this week, which was communication in marriage. Mm. Um, and I think I I'm going to address that with this quote that Alex put up. And I just, th I'd love your thoughts on this quote. Um, this quote is by Jordan Peterson. He says, marriage is either tyranny or chaos. Um, and what he means by that, as far as I can tell, um, is, when it comes to communication or making decisions, like in a marriage, you're constantly making decisions, even decisions you're not thinking that you're making, you are. Where, how are we gonna handle food preparation? How are we gonna handle cleanup? How are we gonna handle uh, the decorations? How are we, like, it's just this constant thing when you're trying to, when you're living with someone and trying to interact with them, you're making these decisions. And his, his statement here is that every single one of those decisions um, will lean towards or naturally drift towards tyranny or chaos. And the alternative is negotiation in his argument. Mm. Um, so tyranny meaning one person decides. Mm. Um, even if the other person says, you just decide, it's still tyranny. Mm. That means they've, they've relinquished their participation in the relationship on that subject matter. Mm -hmm which is interesting. Okay. 
or chaos, no one decides and it just goes haphazardly. Um, or the alternative is to say, let's have a conversation about this and let's decide. Now, he's not making an argument that the goal is to 100% eliminate tyranny or chaos, that you may decide what isn't tyranny is that, okay, this is something I really just genuinely don't care that much about. And so, therefore, my decision, my participation in the relationship is to is to say, well, yeah, whatever you decide is that that's totally fine. That's not tyranny. Um, what's tyranny is I do have an opinion, but because I don't want to rock the boat, you decide that's, I'm just going to sit here and that's simmer tyranny. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know if Alex shared this on Sunday. I was uh, in and out of the, uh, the tech booth trying to fix some stuff, but did he share about like the silverware drawer concept of this? I don't that remember that. Familiar. No. Oh, really? Man, I thought that was a great illustration. He's, he said, you know, like, for example, how is the silverware drawer going to be organized? It can be as granular as that. Mm -hmm. You can just say, well, no, you know, he manages the kitchen. I manage the living room. That's still tyranny. I call it what do you guys that think about great. that? How do, how do you feel about like, do you agree with this? I would say you should live with a lot of different roommates before you get married and you'll learn how to compromise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, hmm. I just wanted to throw in that joke. I didn't have any real <laughs> advice right I, away. And I, she's internally processing. So right. I feel like I need to go first. Totally. <laughs> you but can go though. I guess this puts a lot more pressure on communication yep. yeah. than naturally might feel but his, his point is once you have the conversation and you've at least stated your actual opinion about some of these things, then that issue is you've com you've actually communicated and you've engaged in a in a oneness kind of being together. Mm. You've created a new world mm -hmm. where you both have participated in make that decision, even with your silver word drawer. Mm. That's I, a that's a lot of pressure to communicate. I love that you're actually facilitating like doing our ceremony for the wedding because you can just tell us all about this yeah <laughs> <laughs> i told her i was just going to preach the message that i preached in the series it's a long ceremony. 40 40 minutes long it's not Jeez. a big deal <laughs> i will say that i think there's something special about looking at each other's gifting and talents and saying like i don't know especially i just love it when it's especially like opposite gender roles and you're okay with that. That's just something that John and I love. Like he's such a good cook. I'm a horrible cook. Like, and I'm happy to like go get groceries for it or like do cleanup and have that kind of like, um, carry the other piece of it. Um, and I like, he and I already talked about like, we want to have me kind of like overseeing the finances, but that's not something where it's like, Oh, I'm just going to tap out. It's like, okay, here's a plan. Let's discuss it. And how can we work together moving forward? But of course, I'm not married, so that could all be a pipe dream, and I'm just don't even know what I'm getting into. So I don't know how much I can talk into this one. I don't think it's a pipe dream. I think you might just have that conversation multiple times. Yeah, that's fair. Not yeah, just once. over <laughs> and over, forever, <laughs> forever. I mean, my guess is he's using these specific phrases of tyranny and chaos partly to provoke a strong reaction and then get people to like think about this is what he's actually saying um yes yes i 
I, so part, part that's of helpful. Is like how, how helpful are these actual, <laughs> yes, <laughs> are these the actual, um, phrases of tyranny and chaos? Cause that feels very like <laughs> black and white. Mm hmm. Knowing that there's, you know, a second half to this quote as <laughs> an impact. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think probably the reality is a little bit more nuanced than that. Um, at least the first, again, the first half of this quote. Um, but probably also the point of the first half of the quote isn't there's nuance in probably every single conversation you're going to have <laughs> as a married couple in some degree and back and forth and give. Um, like there are absolutely conversations and aspects of our life and taking care of things. It's like, I do not care. Mm. Like I don't mow the line. Elisha mows the line. I don't feel like I need to give input into how do you or like walk alongside him. <laughs> We're doing this together. Right. Like he's read like, okay, like, do we get a new mower? Here are the options. Buy me. Yeah. It is all you, honey. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is probably more the middle aspect of it. Um, but yeah. I mean, also sometimes there's, it seems like there's also space for sometimes you just, mm-hmm. all right, you, you do you, we can watch, I don't know, whatever show that I don't particularly like tonight. And maybe that's still in the middle, but. Yeah, I suspect I I feel it like is. there's more of a spectrum than this feels like yeah. it's coming up. Well, yeah. And well, like he says, the I can't find the second half of the quote to put on the screen, but that's okay. Um, and if you've exposed yourself at all to, to Jordan Peterson, and this is actually helpful background information. He is a psychologist and he's done a ton of his primary research focus is on uh, hierarchy systems in social uh, mm. groups. And so... The, and his sub, like another subject matter that he's very, very fascinated by and has done a ton of study is um, like massive sociology studies on cultures and this sort of thing. And he's boiled down and he uses this terminology a ton in a lot of his work. So he has very, he's sort of loaded the definition into the word tyranny and loaded it. And we're just adding a little quote on the screen and he's got this huge backstory about why he uses those particular terms. So yes, in fairness, he has a very specific reason why he uses these terms um, for it. But his argument is, I think, I think it does, it challenges me because I think it it does challenge to it does encourage us to not tap out prematurely mm. from the dialogue and communication. Because mm-hmm. if you do, what you're doing is you're saying I'm choosing tyranny or chaos. Mm-hmm. I'm if I if I don't engage the conversation and just say yeah this I don't care about this one or like and sometimes conversation is nonverbal like in your case maybe you've never talked about the lawn he just took care of it you've never once but yeah i don't know but um it's if you had an opinion about it and you said i it's not my thing but i'm just going to fester under the surface mm-hmm. it's a choice to say tyranny will reign in this particular area I because it, i have an opinion about this yeah. there's a total difference between like not having an opinion or tapping out. Yeah. Like I can tap out if I get frustrated and I'm just going to like fester and get angry and not communicate. And yeah. Just be and, mad. and then the <laughs> other disengages, if you both disengage, 
um, it's a choice to chaos. There will be haphazard. We will deal with the lawn so haphazardly that you know for that or the we're gonna the, be a fine by our HOA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we just won't, and that and the that chaos. creates chaos. <laughs> and so I think that I think it is a challenge, and it's a challenge for me because I ta- I oftentimes tap out of subject matters uh, because I don't want to rock the boat. Mm. I definitely have an opinion, <laughs> but I'm. You decide, you decide, you decide. Oh, it's like, oh, I'm being humble. Yeah. Oh, no, it's yeah. not. It's uh-huh. not me being humble. It's me being, uh, suppressing my opinion. And then I just become passive aggressive yep. and I just sort of meet, 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 nitpick, nitpick at my wife about something that I told her to decide on, which is just not fair. And now I'm preaching to myself. Uh, so it's like if John asked me what I want for dinner and I don't care and he brings something home and I'm like, I don't like this. It's like, well, you said you didn't care. <laughs> Tyranny. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> yeah. Chaos. Yeah. It's both. That's Any other funny. final thoughts on that one? Hmm. We've gone an hour. Yeah. Good, uh, good job, us. Thanks. Our impromptu episode. Wow. We did it. Hooray. Any other thoughts? I hope Alex is okay with this. I hope his, I hope his basement's, basement's doing okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone has a, a sump pump they would like to lend to Alex. Some Actually, buckets. I think he was at, out getting an extra one. But um, yes, poor guy. Thank you all for tuning in. Hopefully oh. this was. Oh, yes. Actually, I have one more thing. Sorry. Yes. We're gonna go for it. Slightly up for an hour then. Um. I mean, we talked a lot about communication, talked about doing your own work, helping other people or praying yeah. that other people do the work. Um, we as staff, like if you need to talk to somebody about your marriage, your relationship, you're not in a relationship, but still need to talk to somebody, like we're happy to have those conversations. Yeah. We also have licensed counselors and mental health practitioners that we can refer you to give some good options if you feel like that would be helpful for you or your marriage or your family. Hmm. Yeah. So. We have it on the church center app and you can also visit southfellowship.org slash get help and you'll find the, the link to that. Yep. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. yeah it's good. That's you huge. don't want to be like, it's here's hard. The, here, it's hard. Good luck. Here are ways that you can try. Now do it. <laughs> yeah. Work By harder. Yourself. Ways that worked for us. Guilt, it might not shame. work for you. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, thank you all. And thank you guys so much for um, jumping in with me. And it, I'm so glad that you, this actually worked out great. It was great to get your perspective and we'll have to do it some more. You didn't want to do it by yourself? I didn't. <laughs> I thought Allison should come on with you. I thought that would have been really cool. I, maybe another time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That would be fun. So, I'd be so I'd be so scared because she's way better at most of this stuff. And I'd just be That's like. That's why I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So fair enough. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in and we will catch you all the next time. And I will talk and talk and talk until I can find the stop button. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, thanks again for listening. And we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you. We'd love to interact with you about this. So feel free to leave comments, questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.